our neighbor was listening to Taylor Swift the other day and we were out for a walk with Aurelia and Johnny was like to Aurelia, one day you'll grow up and you'll be a Swiftie. And I was like, no, Johnny, because by the time Aurelia is a teenager, Taylor Swift will be 50. Right. Like Taylor Swift yeah. will be our generation's like Sarah, yeah, Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin, hilarious. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. I don't know. Taylor Swift is kind of singular, though. Like, I'm very interested to see where it kind of goes for Because I was thinking about it yesterday, too. I was like... Taylor Swift now, her boyfriend's probably going to win the Super Bowl. Let's let's think about that, right? Wow. And yeah. And she will at the zenith of her career kiss and be dating on a boy who's at the zenith of his career. Like it just there is no bigger moment than that in the world. Like them mm. two, they are the like red hot center glowing of all pop culture. A girl who's Beatlemania, who's like the biggest pop yeah. music sensation in a generation or more, and an athlete winning the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if you proposed to her at the Super Bowl. Oh boy. No, it's too soon. Okay. Way too soon. Uh, I don't know. Pe- people we get- were all just reading the headlines that he finally said, I love you. If <laughs> I was dating Taylor Swift God. and I just won the Super Bowl, I would throw a ring on it. Abs, wouldn't you? Fair. What's not to like? It's like going to Disneyland. Yes, it's like going to Disneyland. It's like going to Disneyland, burying Taylor Swift. You just won the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) I'm going to marry a pop star. (laughs) Yeah, but but Taylor Swift has has such insane momentum and is such a singular talent that she could just ride this. And by time Aurelia is a teenager, Aurelia could still be like, I'd like to know what Madam Swift is up to. <laughs> I like all the like Taylor Swift like conspiracy and not the conspiracy yes, yes. shit, like the right wing conspiracy stuff. Yeah. But there's other things going on. Like I guess she has a concert in Tokyo yeah. the oh night before God. the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I saw like <laughs> Like one of those that Charlie whatever meme of like all of the yes. the the paper on the wall of like can she make it back in time for the Super Bowl and it was like like a little drawing of a map of like how long the flight would take and everything and it was just wild and yes she can because Tokyo time change you, you fly yeah. the international date line so it's yeah. okay like even though it's the day before. It's not actually 13 hours apart. Anyway, she's like, did you see- I don't know why this stuff is showing up on my Facebook, but it is. Oh, oh yeah. It's, yeah you saw a meme? Um, CNN had a guy at a whiteboard doing math. Okay. No! <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like election night and he had yes. the thing behind him. <laughs> like, yes. Breaking down how oh it was going to work and the time change and what a flight is and how long to drive from the stadium in Tokyo to the nearest airfield or airport where her private jet could go, like breaking it down. (laughs) In freaking credible. We need art here so you can tell us what the over-under is on Taylor Swift making it in time. (laughs) Right, sports. (laughs) He's getting money on it. You know it. Today on the Geek Up Podcast, vacuums and layoffs and landers, oh my! The internet is on fire for the Doom 2 popcorn cup topper. That's what it is. <laughs> and 299 Queen Street West is not coming to streaming, but maybe we could make it happen. If we believe in our hearts and clap real hard. What did you write this, bud? What are you talking it was about? about? It's about money. It's not about clapping real hard. <laughs> Everything's about clapping! 
<laughs> Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast, episode 275. We record this on the morning of Wednesday, January 31th, 2024. Oh my God, it's almost February. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. And I know I don't normally do a preamble, but I wanted to mention two things. <laughs> First, um, Zoner Lara said she enjoyed Meisterpiece Theater last week <laughs> with, with all the impressions so and whatnot. Uh, oh, Zoners have been kicking my ass at thinking of names for things, and that is really, really good. Because you mm-hmm, called it Webmeister mm-hmm. Theater, which is great, but I mean, Meisterpiece, Meisterpiece Theater, I, you can't, that's undeniable. Obviously, that's the better name. Wow. Zoner and last week on my preamble, I talked about Severance. <gasps> it's relevant. Just wait till the end of coming soon and we'll tell you more. And that's all I have. I feel a caboose coming your way. Yeah, maybe. I'm so excited. Uh, my name is Paul Bastino, but uh, rest in peace to uh, the stormtroopers today. Uh, Brian, of course, still getting. I think he's got to be. Uh, he's got to be almost ready to go, right? Come on, Brian. Let's go. Come on. How hard is? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been two weeks. You're in the government. I know how slow it moves yeah, there. You know how it goes. You got lots of time. Spreadsheets, dress shirts, take the bus. Uh, type, type, type. <laughs> Spreadsheets, dress shirts. <laughs> come on, flex day. Book your time off. Come on. Come, come do a podcast with uh, And then Arts, who also just moved jobs and is moving house. And uh, he said, shit is crazy right now. And I invited him to go see a movie with me last night, and he couldn't even do that. So um, anyways, get better, Art. Stop being rest in peace and come back and do a podcast with us. Yeah, I'm Kirsten James. <laughs> get into it. I'm nothing else. I would just like to thank very much Webmeister Bud for coming on the radio with me yesterday. Um, you missed this, your good friends, Kirsten, on the radio. You could have listened to this. Um, I asked Bud about this thing about, uh, should I tap in on Instagram and show people myself when I was 21 years old? I never do these things. I never play these games. I never, you know, it's like, show me 10 years ago and show me now, all those kind of stuff, for two reasons. One, I think it's like, vanity, vanity. Oh, get over yourself. Who cares? Fair enough. Who cares about what you look like ever? Um, vanity. But then I also feel like um, Bud has bolted into my brain that these <laughs> things are actually ways to steal your information somehow. They're stealing. And I kind of love that. Your, your facial recognition or you're there stealing um, your bank account number or something about that. I don't know. He told me at one mm-hmm. time about one of these things. I think it was the aging one. Here, scan your face and we'll show you what you look like when you're old. Don't you want to look death straight in the face? And um, <laughs> yeah, don't you? Don't you essentially want to have the experience of Scrooge, the terrifying third Christmas ghost, to show you what you look like as you're about to die? Um, well, we'll do it for you and we'll steal your information while we do it. And so that got into my head. So I never participate in these things. But for some reason, the 21 one, show us what you looked like when you were 21 years old. I wanted to tar- to take part. And so, Bud, you joined me and said, yeah, just go for it, essentially, right? Yeah, because the, the, the reason, the reason I was, I'm a little less freaked out about this one is 21 in comparison to what? If this was some sort of grand conspiracy, the one that's like, show me a picture of you. Five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. That, that is useful information for bad guys and identity theft and future projections of what you might look like. Show me a picture of when you were 21 with your first pet in front of the street you lived on, please. 
See, now I talked about that one. I talked about that one that was the long list of things like my name, my age, my, my oh, fears, right. yeah, my yeah. pet. I'm like, don't do that. Don't yeah. don't fill out those lists. Because that's but your password, right? that's, that's what everyone uses for their passwords. Is that what the problem is there? I mean, yeah, stereotypically, yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, but the 21 thing, 21 compared to what? Like a 22-year-old could post one of those. A 35-year-old could post one of those. Somebody in the late 70s could post one of those. There's no concrete consistent frame of reference mm. to to do anything with those so I, I i find this one is probably pretty benign and yeah eh, do the thing if you want to I'm, I'm not gonna yeah you're not gonna but i want to see i want to see what somebody in their late 70s looked like when they were 21 <laughs> yeah well the joke i made yesterday on the radio was that it would be useless for bud to do it because he looks exactly the same it's like might as well <laughs> you, bud you should do that actually you should take a picture today and just post yeah, it and be like <laughs> Here I am when I was 21. It's, I love that. I also think that or pi- post a picture of Adam Lee and say, this is ah, what you look like when oh you're 21. My God. Oh my God, I'm going to do that. Yes, 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 yes. For those who don't know, Adam Lee is another man in our town who is Asian. And so people confuse him and what Meister Bud. And it's ve- he, I also, what Bud? People confuse him. And me and Darren Ho, the six foot tall Asian yeah. who looks nothing like the either of us, but the three of us, because we are the Asian photographers in town, we always get this. Mm-hmm. We always get this. Oh and my God. The th- from knowing the three of you, uh, like, t- talk to each of you for one minute and you're such different people. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> One's going to talk about wrestling. Uh-huh. Sorry, Darren. I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're all so, so different. Anyways, um, but Kirsten, I loved yours. You, um, wow, you were 21, all right. I sure was. <laughs> yeah, the style and everything. Mine I posted, you can go and look. If you don't to follow us uh, here, follow us on Instagram at Kirsten.butt and at Paul.butt. Nope. Um, no, that's so not how that works. Look at us on Instagram. Crack. They're up there on stories for now. But um, mine, I was like uh, smoking a cigar and drinking a whiskey, and I was like, that could be yesterday for you as well. <laughs> yeah. I was like, except oh. for the hair. Yeah, oh, I miss that hair. God. Big long hair. Yeah, I got told actually, because um, my hair's all scruffy right now, and someone was telling me that they kind of like it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I go short for the spring and summer. And they like, they were like, no, no, I like it a little bit long. I like to grab onto it. Oh. Great. That's. Um, just a private story from my life. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. I feel like I did have more things. But... No. <laughs> Since 2012, I have had occasions where there are so many little stories, but none of them could be a full geek out. And so I do something called the Week in Geek, where there is just three smaller geeky stories. And this week I talked about the crash and burn of the Amazon acquisition of iRobot who makes the Roomba vacuums, and so that is no longer happening. What? So Jeff Bezos will no longer have the floor plans of millions of houses. Oh, was that the conspiracy theory there? I mean, that's one of the... Well, I mean, those things can map rooms yes. as they're picking up your kitty litter. So that, it, you know, I mean, that's not... It was the EU, European Commission, you know, that stopped it. Oh, right, but not for that reason. They were not like, for that reason, okay, no. Yeah. That just happens to be a nice privacy happenstance. Right. Uh, Wait, the EU stopped the takeover because they were like, no, you have too much. They're concerned about competition to other robot vacuum makers. Somebody's got to be. Excuse me. Excuse me. Wait a minute. (laughs) 
So the EU was like, no, 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 there is not enough competition in robot vacuums. We are going to take this over. But meanwhile, in Canada, they were like, oh, yes, Rogers, you may buy Shaw because we can have one media conglomerate. That is okay. However, we're very concerned about the robot vacuum problem. The worst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, uh, democracy does rely upon uh, an informed public, and a lot of people get their information from their vacuum cleaners. That's just <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's right. kind of like, oh, if we care about this way of governing ourselves, we are going to protect the vacuum companies. The vacuums, yeah, that's important. Right. The second thing did iRobot make those doggies? Did they make the doggies too? Not the not the horror dogs. I know, not like, the Boston Dynamics doggies. Do, really? Yeah, not those ones. That sounds. But did they make dog. those little? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. The little white dogs that just like they kind of bark and yeah. they're white. Like the yeah. Sony Ibos? No, like I don't. I don't. No. Um, what was the point of those yeah, dogs? White. Just like a robot dog to be friends with. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I see... think mine had a speaker in it. Oh, you could plug your iPod into it. Whoa, it was like Sony a robot is still making the iBo radio. Yeah. Sony is still making the iBo robot dog. Like that was sort of the OG, and yeah, it was a white dog. But no, iRobot doesn't make any of those that I'm aware of. Okay. <laughs> the second thing I talked about was almost 2,000 people have been laid off at Blizzard Entertainment because Microsoft, which just bought Activision Blizzard, like completed the purchase in October, they decided to cancel a survival game that Blizzard announced in 2022. And so they've shuffled a few people, but they've also laid off 1,900 people, um, which really sucks. Uh, so I had to end on some good news, and that is the Japanese Moonlander Slim Smart Lander for Investigating Moon, which landed a long way up on the moon when it made its precision landing and thus could not get any sun to its solar panels and thus was running on very limited battery. The sun rose on a lunar day, which is about 14 Earth days, and hit the panels and powered it up. Oh. So it's back to work. Oh, but it, even though it was upside down. Yeah, because as the sun rises, it sort of comes over the surface yes. and hit the panels just nicely enough to power it up. Oh, thank God. What a happy accident. Yeah. Happy accident. By Absolutely. the way, you you nerds, um, why wouldn't you just put like even a small solar panel on, on the tummy, sides. yeah. If 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 yeah. the, the big solar panels are on the back, you expect it. You get a. You, there had to be someone in the room being like, "What if it gets flipped, or what if it lands yeah. upside down, or, or something?" Uh, we either should have like a like a flippy scoop, like a spatula <laughs> to right itself, or like those little cars that if they fell over, they could just turn themselves right side back up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or we should put a, a solar panel on its tummy as well, like a little one, just yep. enough to yep. power the flippy scoop to get it back on yep. its feet. And someone was like, "Quiet." To that person for some reason. <laughs> like, stop My guess us. is that the that the smart people at, at oh it wasn't NASA, but the smart people in Japan. JAXA is what it's called. Um JAXA. Ooh, JAXA. Japan Aerospace um, Exploration Agency. Probably realized that if it did land upside down, this exact scenario would happen. And they didn't want to spend extra money on putting extra panels on because they were like, well, if it's upside down, we'll just have to wait. 14 days and it'll be fine. Mm, I guess you're probably right. But, 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 <laughs> yeah, but still. Did yeah, they but still. <laughs> didn't they learn nothing from BattleBots? I, the BattleBot that always won was the one that could flip the other robot the upside down. Yep. The spatula. That's right. Yep. That's right. You'd Absolutely have something right. with like claws and throwing fire and spikes yep. and, you yep. know, all this stuff. And just the one with the spatula always won because you just flip the other robot and it'd be over. 
Yeah, they're all turtles. Yeah. I'll need the job at JAXA. Thank you, Paul, NASA employee. See you at the office. See you at the office. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Uh, this will be in theaters March 22nd. I mean, you and brought this to us. It's, your, it's the typical evolution of your trailers. And this one, of course, is very much this this movie is very much a star trek picard season three bringing all the uh, the old folks back however uh what was brilliant about this one is that william atherton as walter peck uh does the voiceover for the majority of the beginning of this uh trailer and it is a great whiplash to the 1984 and his attitude toward the ghostbusters what was the line that you were like if he said the line i would have rescinded my 10 tickets what was that about so at the very end, um, Stranger Things kid gets slimed by Slimer and he doesn't say it. He's just like, yeah, which I thought was perfect. Thank you. Don't freaking say the line because this movie, this whole movie is say the line. So for your kicker, thank you for not doing it. Wait, what's the line? He slimed me. He slimed me. Ah, right. Okay. I, I was hoping it was like, ew, sticky. <laughs> what? Did you not see the 1984 classic movie Ghostbusters? Oh, come when on, did they bud. Say, yeah, sticky bud. In it. Everyone knows the famous line, the one that was on posters and gets brought out every single Halloween for the last 40 years. Ew, sticky. Oh, remember, Ew, sticky. Remember, you have to say it like that, though. Yeah, Bill Murray. It'll be on his tombstone. <laughs> It'll be on Bill Murray's tombstone. Ew, sticky. It's on It's Ew, on more sticky. t-shirts than Che Guevara, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the most uh, influential pop culture thing of the last four decades. Ew, sticky. Ew, sticky. Sticky. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Aurelia will be definitely when she's a teenager. She'll be. She'll have a poster on her wall. You sticky. You <laughs> sticky. Um, okay, Bud. Interesting that you want to give this movie credit for that particular little bit of restraint because this trailer is the least restrained thing I've ever seen. This whole movie is insane. The first. And that's why that one line is refreshing. But you're right because the rest of it is just yeah. Never it's insanity. Yeah, the first trailer that came out. This was a weird evolution too. The first trailer was like. Uh, we're doing Ghostbusters again. Uh, it's back in New York, so this, there are going to be obviously some member berries here. But look, it's quite a new premise. Look at the the cold coming in, and there's this tall, very true devil thing that's happening. And uh, yeah. and then and and we were all like, okay, yeah, sure, we remember the Ghostbusters. Yeah, all right, that's fine. And then this trailer was like, all right, and here's the rest of the movie. It's the biggest, <laughs> the biggest nostalgia trap you've ever seen in your life. This hundred percent. I said it's a hard soft reboot. This one yeah. is like they didn't do the exact Force Awakens, um, Picard season three, if you want to call it, formula for afterlife. They had this weird restraint or idea to do something different on a farm and all that uh, using Gozer, obviously. But then for this one, mm. hard, hard into that mm. formula where it's like yeah. the old cast is here doing their old things. Um, a lot of stuff, you, like so much stuff you remember from the original movie is in it. Walter Peck is back. Remember Walter Peck, everybody? Remember, yes, this man has no dick. Hilarious. Best line in movie history. 
Um, um, just all the better stuff. Better than ew, sticky. <laughs> it's better than ew, sticky. Um, <laughs> but but with all that said, because like it is incredible how much member berries. Is, that's why I said I said this thing is drenched in a sticky member berry glaze. It is wild, mm. but but it's sticky. <laughs> it's, it's a member berry reduction, but it is swimming <laughs> and it is sticky. But <laughs> there's a lot there's also weirdly a lot of new stuff in this trailer. Like the premise is still kind of new. They thought of a new villain. It's not just Gozer or Vigo or whatever again. They they thought of something new that does kind of look interesting. Yeah. So if nothing else, boy, oh boy, I'm I are fascinated to see this movie now. Yep. 100%. March 22nd. Uh, it also took them five movies for someone in a movie to actually say out loud the words, Bustin' makes me feel good. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was quite funny. That That's was pretty funny. I'll give them that. Yeah. I wonder if like Paul Rudd and, and Bill Murray had to fight over that. Like if Bill Murray was the one who was like, I should be the one who says it, everyone. It's come on, this is my franchise. Or if he was like, <laughs> that is so cheesy. Give it to Rudd. <laughs> yeah, he can pull it off. He can pull yeah. it off. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Monkey Man. This is a Dev Patel vehicle. He directed it. He's one of the producers. He's starring in it. Jordan Peele is another producer. This will be in theaters April 5th, and it looks absolutely intense and i am dying to see this movie it does look like revenge i'm sorry i didn't watch the trailer did not watch the trailer is it a horror movie nope nope it's like a revenge story um blessing from my mother and um yeah it's and it's very much the the monkey king tale sort of come back um because the white monkey is like the protector of the people and uh that is dev patel's character and he is in freaking John Wick level ass kicker in here with very little oh, guns sweet. instead using um, toilet tank toppers and fish tanks and water yeah. and and bottle rockets it looks like yeah. um, and lots of smashing glass and knives and th- it, this is an incredibly intense trailer yeah and Ooh, I'm excited yeah oh wow my God. It, it does look really good and it's like it's tied into mythology or they at least set it up in the trailer this like cool mythology which I don't know if that's from real life is that like pre-existing kind of um, cultural mythology from somewhere like the demon king and the monkey king yeah kind of yeah it's uh, it's Chinese lore really but I, I don't uh, reckon that it would be too difficult to uh, adapt that to oh that was my computer <laughs> Nobody heard it except for me. No, that, nope. That, that was not on the. <laughs> Thank you for recording. yelling at me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I think it's. Um, anyway, I'm just doing a little quick reading here and saying that's like um, inspired by a Hindu monkey god and all this. Anyways, it's fascinating. It's neat. It's new. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this as well. It looks really good. Um, two tickets, please. One for me and my friend Webmeister Bud. <laughs> Next up, Immaculate. Uh, Sydney Sweeney as a nun. I'm not sure what more I need to say about that. Horror movie? Neon Pictures is putting this out. Yeah. yeah. Some freaky moments and Sydney Sweeney as a nun. Yeah, I got a few thoughts on this one here. 
Number one, oh, number one, it's like, it is interesting to me that like horror movies keep going back to Catholic, especially iconography for their horror movies. And, you know, in the 1970s, when The Exorcist came out and a lot of people went to church, it feels like. Yeah, I could see that. And a lot of people that was like that was baked, hard baked into their psyche. And so it was quite terrifying and felt very real. That made sense to me as a horror movie. Um, 2024. In 2024, I just read yesterday, actually, that uh, people who say they have no religion at all are now the largest single group in the United States. I believe that. Which is, that's a huge deal because, yeah, the U.S. is a very religious country, right? Um, So so for them to keep going back to, like, Catholic-looking stuff, like she looks like she's a Catholic nun and the priest and the confessional and all that. I know we all kind of like have an idea of what kind of stuff that is. And, and, you know, Catholicism has never been the most, you know, popular, biggest one, but, but, but it's so weird now is like so few people are connected to anything like that. You know, I honestly think this kind of movie is for you, Paul, Catholic upbringing still maybe got a bit of that fear in you, even though you've, uh, you know, necessarily abandoned the practices, but it's still in your head. Right, because sure, you I, grew up with it. I guess so, but like I'm a I'm a small minority of people, and I'm and dwindling and shrinking all the time. Fair, fair, right? And I just I think like wow, that's a very specific audience that you're kind of going to, or otherwise you're just hoping that like mass horror going audiences still kind of have you know still think it's creepy or freaky or there's something about it that just like feels sacrilegious or um, blasphemous or profane or whatever. So. I, I don't know. I don't know who that's hitting in a, in a powerful way, but boy, they just keep going back to it. There's something, I guess, about like the corruption of innocence that um, also kind of doesn't really happen aside from in a nunnery these days. So that's yeah, that's what you're trying to get after. Which okay, good luck. The other thought I had too was uh, about and Kristen, did you watch this trailer? You like horror movies? Did you have any thoughts here? No, I haven't done any of the oh, things I was supposed to do. What are you doing? I don't know. Oh, just, you know, just drinking, partying, all the normal things. Um, No, I haven't. And I will watch it after this podcast. Don't stress. Part of the reason why I was late this morning, actually, is because I was sitting on the toilet and last night watching all these trailers. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. I forgive you then. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody called me on the phone and I was like, I can't talk right now. I'm sitting on the toilet and watching trailers. Um, (laughs) So the other, the other thought then that I had was, yeah, good for Sydney Sweeney and strike while the iron is hot, I suppose. And it's good to work. You're an actor. You want to work. I get it. Yeah. But I just, am like, "Mm, I really, I, because I really genuinely, I like Sydney Sweeney. This may come as a shock to uh, you all, but I'm a fan. That's pretty um, surprising, but sure, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like yeah, of course. Number one, she is like a once in a generation bombshell beauty. That's for sure true. But she's also wildly, wildly talented. And yeah. to come from you know the White Lotus and of course Euphoria before that. Euphoria, yeah. And I get it that not every project, you know, especially while you are trying to strike while the iron's hot and you're having this big moment, not every project is going to be Euphoria and White Lotus caliber. But Although they still have 
have the opportunity to, to have a shot of her stomach and have a shot of her naked holding herself while she's being slapped under running water, you know, <laughs> still quite Sydney Sweeney sort of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just I'm like, can you make a little bit of better choices? I don't know. Maybe this immaculate movie will be great. But I just think like, you know, she's been putting out a lot of stuff lately. She put out that rom-com that I think actually she helped produce. And I was like, okay, that seems, yeah, obviously you want to do a rom-com. Okay, fun. That's fun. But then Madam Webb? Mm, yeah. That's disappointing. Like, yeah. Sydney Sweeney, hold out for a real Marvel movie. Yeah, good call. You know, like, why? I wish you would have called your co-star Zendaya and been like, could you t- get me to talk to Kevin Feige <laughs> and not Jason Sony or whoever, whatever that's <laughs> going on over there? Yeah, it's Jason Sony. <laughs> Good old Jason Sony. And then now this Immaculate movie, which again is like, I don't get, I guess she wanted to be in a horror movie. This the script appealed to her. I don't know, but I, I just I just want her to be in good things. That's cool though. I like that. I love, you know, you want proper successes for her. I do. Tuesday is our next film. This is an A24. Just fell across my my YouTube. It's got Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it. It's releasing sometime in 2024. And so Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays the mother of Tuesday, a young lady who is dying. However, death shows up in the form of a giant talking macaw. Oh, that and takes that bird them, is supposed to be death? That bird is death. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And takes them through quite... Uh, uh, an emotional journey. This will be a very, very crying movie. Yeah, it's powerful. It's a powerful trailer. Julia Louis-Dreyfus looks like she's just acting her heart out in this thing. Hugely. You know, um, she's going to go down, by the way, as uh, if she doesn't already, as like one of the most legendary uh, performers of her generation. I mean... Such versatility. Success after success in the comedic world, and then she's been in a few great dramatic things. I can't remember what the movie was called, but I remember I watched a movie with her and James Gandolfini. It was like post-Sopranos, and it was kind of like a very adult rom-com. Like they were, you know, obviously people like middle-aged people falling in love. It was, And it was great performances from both of them. Sorry, baby. It's great. I love it. I know. It sounds like Aurelia watched the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's yeah, she did. Well, I was busy drinking and partying, and I left the trailers on for her to watch. Perfect. So she's got perfect. Lots of Aurelia, opinion. what do you think about Despicable Me 4? <laughs> so, yeah, so this movie, this Tuesday movie, looks like uh, super powerful. I don't even know if I want to watch it, though. It just seems like just nonstop crying. Hard, yeah, yeah. Very, Here, very hard to watch, please pay but. some money for it. 10,000 knives to the heart. Yeah. yeah. And and it's true too. It's like it's feels weirdly supernatural or maybe that's just maybe it'll, it'll, and, it'll the movie itself will be very very grounded but then just having this magical bird come in and be death. Oh my god. And that's the thing. I wonder if the, so if the supernatural bird is the gateway to the conversations about death. Right. If it's if it's just if it, the whole movie itself will otherwise feel very grounded and it's just like kind of a like a, a storytelling tool almost or like a Yeah. 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 I kind of wonder if that's it. Wow. Aurelia is a really cute baby. Cute baby. Uh, Hi, baby. Hi. (laughs) So, yes, Despicable Me 4. They've made four of these things now. This will be in theaters July 3rd. Drew has a whole family. I can't remember witness protection or something. They're put in a house. There's a vending machine. I don't really remember anything about it. This is not my. 
You think this is because like all of those kids drove <laughs> dressed up in their suits, and so they're like, we can have four of these. Right? Yeah. These minions are an undying uh, force yeah, of kid pop culture. All of the all of the kids in their suit, and all of the uh, six year old women sharing memes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Uh, that's, that's exactly. It's it. so. It's uh, it's incredible. I these uh, this trailer too. I I can't handle these movies. I've never seen mm-hmm. a full Despicable Me, but holy shit, do they look like an unwatchable, seizure-inducing, screaming nightmare? Like unfunny, I, unclever, I, horrific. I think I've seen the first two, and yeah, I wasn't a big fan. And I like cartoons. A lot, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't remember really anything in particular sticking out to me about them. Yeah, like I know I sound like a horrible old man at this point for saying this kind of stuff, but like I, I don't know. Um, like it's not, a, and, and I and I live by your words, Kirsten, that it's just not for me. Um, but like sometimes I really do and think that things are bad for our world. <laughs> And I think that this Pickleball Me movies are making us all, like, as, collectively as a whole, dumber. You know, dumber Fair. and Fair. stupider, and less attention span, and less less able to enjoy a beautiful day and a pretty sunrise. <laughs> Wild. Okay, that's how. Yeah, this Pickleball Me will go into the history books as the downfall of humanity. Hey, chart the course. Yeah. Do a graph. It could be. There's going to be a The Legend of Zelda Orchestra concert. February 9th, they will play this concert, which has been pre-recorded, they they note on their post, uh, on Nintendo's YouTube channel. So they've done these kinds of things on and off for a little while, but I think this is one of the first official sort of free watch-it-on-YouTube things. So, yeah, we've linked to Nintendo's YouTube channel because you can... Within a couple days of a of a YouTube, you can set a premiere and you can get an actual link. But it's that's it's February 9th, so it's way off. So about February sixth or seventh or eighth, come back to Nintendo's YouTube channel and then you'll be able to you know go there and set a notification and watch the Legend of Zelda Orchestra concert. I will weirdly, indeed. I've seen a number of. Oh really? Official and unofficial. Not not unofficial, but I mean it started with Video Games Live, um, which was the uh, oh I remember that. Tommy Tallarico, the game composer of some games, anyways, did a, this great touring show of a bunch of video game themes, and it was that was it was quite a thing for quite a while. Yeah, well, and Legend of Zelda does definitely have the um, the depth in its soundtrack that you could you know make a whole concert out of it. The main theme for Zelda, you know, since it was an eight bit, has been a beautiful piece of music. Yeah, and 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 so well suited to an orchestra, and then of course you know everything that they did with the piano. Um, for Breath of the Wild. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, so wonderful. So. Nintendo-related Super Nintendo World will open at Universal Orlando Resort. So everything that California has, Florida wants as well. So that will be happening at some point in 2025. And there are some artist um, renditions. No, artists, what are they called? Renderings. Um in the post that we link to and um yeah somebody has somebody has 
So if you look very closely on one of these artist renderings, uh, it's the gift shop. <laughs> and so there's there's some booze and some superstars and some mushrooms and some Yoshis. And there are a bunch of Luigi's sitting on a shelf. And they're, but they're all in the T pose, like your standard sort of I've just modeled this character uh, T pose. And so somebody says, please make merch for the T pose Luigi, <laughs> which I, I absolutely love. That's yeah. great. That's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Part of me wishes that I would have gone to. Uh... Super Mario World last time I was down in California last year, because I think it was just, just opening up back then, but I hear good things. Looks like a lot of fun. Agreed, agreed. Looks like a fun world I'd like to be in. Yeah, a super world, maybe. Yeah. Okay, more things that are coming soon. Io Debery will host Saturday Night Live February 3rd with J-Lo, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, Iowa Debris, of course, from The Bear. Yeah, plays Sydney on The Bear. Yeah. Coming in hot after those hot, hot Emmy wins. Yeah. Emmy and Golden Globe wins, right? That's great. I, um, she, God, like I said, I was just re-watching or finishing The Bear and, um, watching, and, and then I was, I think I was watching YouTube clips as well, but anyways, her performance you know, on that show is so good. Oh, so good. So real. So, yeah. So real. And so I'm excited. It's always fun to like see someone who is so clearly talented, you know, but mostly does kind of serious. Oh, let's not forget the Bears a comedy show, of course. Oh, oh my how- god. Or a musical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so so she's she's got some timing as well. She's got some comedy chops. I can I can buy that. Yeah. So for her to go on SNL, I think will be really really neat to see. I'm I'm excited about that one. Where we will not see Iowa Debbery is Thunderbolts. Uh, apparently, she was on the slate to maybe be a part of that movie, but uh, no. So now we have Geraldine Vizanathan instead of Iowa Debbery in this Thunderbolts movie, which we've heard lots about and seen very little of. Now, here's where I miss Brian, and maybe we'll just leave a pause here so Brian can go ahead while he's listening on the bus and uh, say out loud the characters that you think <laughs> that she could be playing in the Thunderbolts. Huh? Huh? Oh, Storm. Okay, yeah. No, not Storm. Come on. No. Okay. That one. okay. Um. So. Yeah. What did somebody say in the in our in our chat there? What that she was like? Uh, oh, I want Emmys. I'm not going to be a part of your comic book crap no more. Or the mm-hmm. price went up. Or mm-hmm. what are the cynical takes on her dropping out of this movie? I I honestly think that's it. Too popular from Emmys. Yeah. Lots of other deals. No more. But it's a, like it's kind of sad that the Marvel movies don't have that draw for actors anymore. I mean, oh, no. like freaking Brie Larson is an Oscar winner. Like there's yeah. so many good people in these movies. And for her, if that's the reason they say scheduling conflicts, but for her to step away, I don't know. It's what like what are we going to hear next? Harrison Ford is gone from these movies. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess before the before the um the contracts get like ironclad, maybe. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You gotta nail them in before the awards season. <laughs> yeah. Uh but I mean it could also uh, you know, to to be fair here or you know, to be less um cynical, um, could just be a scheduling thing. Could just be that, you know, they wanted mm-hmm. to do season three of the bear and yeah, there's no way you're gonna jeopardize the bear. 
you know, this this uh, huge moment in TV, this award-winning juggernaut, to be in a Marvel offshoot it's, as Marvel's ship is sinking. It, can, it cannot be that. They fucking CGI'd out Henry Cavill's mustache <laughs> so that he could uh, be Superman. It can't just be like, oh, she needed to be on the bear. Like, there's something else going on here. Yeah. Okay, well, fair. Oh, she needed to have a mustache. Um, <laughs> I missed you guys talking about the universal thing i just wanted to add that um it's more it's more than just them opening super mario world universal has this whole it's this epic universe so it's like it's kind of like yeah i saw that i didn't want to touch on it it seemed very weird but please explain what it's well because they've got it's like their answer to like disney in florida where it's got all the different worlds it's like that so you've got your nintendo world then they're opening a harry potter one like it's all like in the wheel system and then they've got dark universe which is like their horror thing Um, that they're trying to i don't know if they're still trying to launch that they've abandoned um they've got a how to yeah well they're they're doing this in a universe somehow they're gonna have like a frankenstein thing Mm. um then there's like a how to train your dragon world and then celestial park which i don't know what that is but interesting i don't know it's it's, yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's really in right now (laughs) um so i mean it sounds really cool that universal's doing this like they're doing the hub thing that disney has with you know epcot and the magic kingdom and um animal kingdom or whatever so it's gonna be interesting yeah that's great actually i love you know one thing i've learned is that boy oh boy especially compared to california land is cheap and plentiful in florida ah that'll do it it. you know there's just so much room to do so many more things out there which is kind of neat and all you gotta do is just pave over some gator swamp Perfect, perfect. It'll sink in 20 years, but until then, we'll rake in the money. (laughs) Next up, James DC. Um, Apparently, they're they're trying a Supergirl reboot, and they have found their Supergirl. James Gunn has found, uh, well, brought Millie Alcock over from House of the Dragon. So that's about all we know. Rad, though, hey. Which one was she? She was the young... Oh, she was Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra, yeah, Rhaenyra. Oh, the little one? Like the main cool Targaryen. Yeah. Yeah. The little one. Who but the little girl went for four episodes. Yes. 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 Yeah, thank you. Yeah. The coolest four episodes. The coolest. Yeah. Not not Negroni Spagliato. No. Wow. No. Okay. Um, cool. My favorite drink. But um, that'll be great. She'll be great as that. She was so good in House of the Dragon. She's good in everything. She'll be a great Supergirl. That's exciting. Um, God, it, these casting announcements have, are making me excited for the Superman movie. You get a cast like that. Can you I get... just say one like kind of bummer thing? Mm. Oh, never mind. That was that was Batgirl, wasn't it? What was the one that they like? DC was like, uh, no. Batgirl and just killed it completely. That okay. was Batgirl. That was yeah. Ter- yeah I was, never mind. Then I was going to say it's kind of a bummer that they like got away from casting like a black actress to being like the whitest woman we can find. But oh my god! Yeah, no kidding. So. Hey. For Supergirl. Yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know what's exciting? Different though? character. Different character. Um, we can talk about how th- these characters. I think we said this last week too. Batman, Superman. They're on the cusp of being uh, released into public domain pretty quick here too, right? Like it's not far off. 2034 and 2035. Yeah. So so I think you said it, bud, but it's just like 
with the Mickey Mouse and with the Winnie the Pooh and everything, those characters are so deeply entrenched in their Disney personas, in their yeah. Disney iterations. They've been so deeply Disneyfied that all, yeah, all that anyone really thinks to do or all the, you know, it's like the only way you can make any money off of something or you're interested in doing anything with these characters once they're in public domain so far anyways is make a super duper cheap and crummy horror movie. Oh, it's so tiring. Because those, <laughs> you know, just like a cheesy slasher is like just such an easy thing to do. Okay. Uh, so you just bang that out and then, then, yay, we did it. And then it's like everyone's bored of it. No one, okay, that's fine. Just to say you did it, I guess. But with Batman and Superman into public domain, mm-hmm. I can actually see those characters, people just being like, well, fuck it. We're going to make a big live action, big budget Superman movie, and we're not going to yeah. need DC to tell us what to do, and we're not going to need nope. all of them looking over our shoulder and 10,000 notes, and yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And we're just going to make it. We're going to release it. And you might see some really cool quality stuff there. You might, you know, like, I'm sure DC was very, very involved in Christopher Nolan's uh, Dark Knight trilogy, but also that that trilogy is very clearly a pretty pure director's vision. You yes. know what I mean? yes. And so you might get some very talented directors like Christopher Nolan who just want to yeah. take a swing at Superman or whatever. And this would be their opportunity that they could just do it for free. They don't have to, you know, be hired by the right people or, um, you know, pay all this money for the rights and there won't be all this money riding on it. So there's all these executives with their fingers on it. Right. Could be neat. True enough. Could be neat. Yep. I could see that. Speaking of House of the Dragon, I know that was five minutes ago. Um <laughs> Carrie's Van Houten, who was Melisandre, uh, and along with David Duchovny and Jack Whitehall, are going to be in a new psychological thriller on Prime called Malice, which I think is an interesting pairing uh, or an interesting collection of stars. That is neat. She was good at yeah. that. I've never seen her before or since, Melisandre there, right? That's true, actually. I've never seen her before or since either. She was very, very well cast in that role, for sure. So, yeah, good for her. A couple of weeks ago, when we talked about Masters of the Universe, colon, Revolution, I corrected myself later. I'm like, not Revolution, Revelation. I was right the first time. The first thing was called Revelation. This new thing is called Revolution. And Zoner Mary shared a a very cute, short, little thing with uh, William Shatner and Kevin Smith. Uh, William Shatner sitting in his director's chair and Kevin Smith, of course, in his shorts uh, talking about why (laughs) William Shatner took on the role of Keldor and apparently the answer is a truck full of money. Oh, really? (laughs) Very funny. (laughs) Good. I don't think I've ever heard William Shatner do any voice stuff since the Star Trek cartoon in the 1960s. The the voicing that he does in the trailer for Revolution is it's, it's, it's William Shatner. It's very William Shatner. I don't know who Keldor is, but I, I I reckon he's probably on the good guy side, and he's yeah he's just delivering William Shatnerish lines. Really, I want to guess like He Man's dad or something. That sounds like that. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it does sound like that's that's a feasible role. Just sort of the 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 way, what he's saying and the way he's talking. It's sort of advice giving. So I think it, it very much could be. He's you can tell he's a character that was introduced into this universe later when they were trying to like um, legitimize it because. Mm. The uh, the names from the original He Man He He Man number one. Let's not forget right. our main character's yeah. name is He Man. Yes, yes. Uh, his other name was Adam. 
Adam. Uh, I don't know. Give him a dude name. Adam. Good enough. And then the rest of everybody's names are Skeletor, Evelyn. Oh my God, right. Man E Faces, Man at Arms, <laughs> Beast Man. <laughs> right? Just like <laughs> the laziest shit. Because so you're saying Keldor is a bit more in world for this modern take on it exactly exactly yeah, yeah. you can tell the characters who were who were created by smashing other toys together to make and <laughs> sell new toys and then named by toy makers in one second um i or don't know makers children yeah. he man he man yep. he man good god good get it print it Versus, like, when creatives got involved and they were like, in this magical world, uh, a man's name is Keldor. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. That is truly the only the perspective you only get from a fan. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Well, speaking of Star Trek, Star Trek colon 31 will be an original movie event. And it brings back Ooh. Michelle Yeoh as Emperor Philippa Giorgio uh, from uh, from Discovery, uh, which I think is awesome because she was great as her in that. Mm. And so she, apparently she joins a secret division of Starfleet tasked with protecting the United Federation of Planets, but also must face the sins of her past. Oh, God. Yeah, they had me until also must face the sins of her past. <laughs> Yeah, the the Star Trek the Section Thirty One thing is their excuse to be violent. Oh, yeah, Section Thirty One of Starfleet is like their uh, their secret service or like their their black ops. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's not because <laughs> it's just their excuse to be like this part of Star Trek doesn't do exploring and fun, cool sci fi stuff. They shoot. They shoot guns and they kick and they punch and they do violence and they murder and there's violence and there's blood. So pretty cool, right? Can you imagine blood and guts and punching and shooting in space? That's what Star well, Trek they is already, now. Star Trek Discovery also already dropped F-bombs, so uh, no, that's what I mean. why not? The, so New Frontier. Section 31 is like almost shorthand for what original Star Trek fans hate about new Star Trek. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. So this is weird. Tenet is coming back to theaters for one week, 70mm and IMAX, the week of February 23rd. But why? I don't know. Great <laughs> It question. doesn't say anything about the sound. Did they fix the sound? Is that why they're bringing it back? Like nothing about the sound, if only. Oh, my God. So there's nothing. There's literally, there's no reason. They're just like, it's coming to theaters again. Yep, just see it no big. No reason. See it big. Huh, yeah. weird. This movie is like uh, it was. It was like it was designed to be watched multiple times, right? Like oh, there's so many things. It's so dense, and you you don't quite get it the first time. But you know that's the whole point of it: backwards and forwards. And then when you see it the second time, you're like, oh, I see how that all comes together. But it wasn't that good. Like it wasn't no. that enjoyable. It wasn't really worth rewatching. So who cares? See, I've watched it probably four times. Like I own it, and I Ooh. bought it. So that I could watch it with the captions. So the second watch was a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. And so my third watch was kind of like my second watch because the first watch in the theaters, no captions, no clue what's going on. Absolutely none. 
Second watch with the captions. Third watch to pick up what I missed. Fourth watch to watch things explode. We talked about this before, and again, why, please, please, why? The return of Steamboat Willie. So this is from some company who's using Unreal Engine 5 to make a trailer for a horror movie that may or may not exist. I just, at this point, I just, I, I hardly believe half of them. Um, you know, not a bad use of Unreal. It looks, you know, semi-pretty good CG photorealistic-ish. Uh, and again, just like a scary mouse form running at you in the last seconds and stop it, please. Just stop it. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is why, like, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter much for Disney, you know, as they they fought so hard to keep their claws on this and for not to let things pass into public domain. But let's be honest, public domain exists, you know, for good reason. And a hundred years is a good long time. Yeah. For things to not matter anymore. Steamboat <laughs> Willie matters to Disney and is kind of fun because of it, the history it has with that company and its history, its legacy, and what it started and what it has built to. So you don't think about Steamboat Willie unless you go to Disneyland and you look at like whatever they have there to like to memorialize Steamboat Willie, and then you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's cute. Wow, cartoons in the 1920s. Can you imagine? Um, right. <laughs> so far removed. But no one is like, I'm going to rent Steamboat Willie tonight. I'm going to I'm going to dial up Steamboat Willie on Netflix. I'm a, nope. I I make sure to subscribe to Disney Plus every year so that I can watch Steamboat Willie. <laughs> I watch it once a month and I love it and it's important to me in in the year 2024. It's like no. No. Yeah. No. So that's why it would be unprofitable for anyone to use Steamboat Willie. Again, Batman, Superman, that's a different story. And I think because those characters are reinventable and still very modern, still very like current because they've been re reinvented so many times. But that's what Disney has done. Disney has just reinvented Mickey Mouse so many times that, yeah. you know, but in, in new copyrightable ways. That's so the thing. Yeah, exactly. The current Mickey Mouse you know, the the profitable Mickey Mouse, they still have. Steamboat Willie, it wouldn't make sense for anyone to spend a dime making a new Steamboat Willie movie and then trying to put it out to make money off of. So it's, it's fine. It's fine. Finally and coming soon, I talked last week about the Severance trailer, the trailer for the show Severance, just randomly coming back up in my YouTube suggested. And so, of course, I watched it again because I, I pine for that show. Great freaking show. Um, but they had turned comments on as of three weeks ago. Just comments just suddenly magically turned on. Didn't make any sense. Apple TV, the official Twitter account at 6 a.m. sharp on January 29th, posted a black and white still photo. Um, do either of you, well, Kirsten, Paul, do you know what, call Kirsten, no, Paul, do you know what an alt tag is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you lie about that? <laughs> Just quickly tell me what an alt tag is. Bud. Yeah. You know I ain't got no idea what a freaking okay, alt fine. tag is. <laughs> I don't know what that it's, is. It's an accessibility description, mainly for folks who use screen readers. Uh, if there's an image and you can't clearly see what the image is, there is an alt tag that, you know, you as the, like as Apple TV, you can put in a description of what's in the photo. So it says, a black and white action shot of Mark S. Adam Scott running down a long white hallway. 
On the right side of the picture is a large camera recording the scene, confirming Severance Season 2 is in production. That's so interesting that they put it in an alt tag. Oh, it's... Oh, man. Kirsten, have you heard of alt tags as poetry? It's it's beautiful. It's 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 kind of a, a neat bit of education is that you write your alt tags, you know, colorfully, poetically, like take a moment to write them well. And yeah, there's a website mm-hmm. called alt tags of poetry, which is brilliant. That's so funny. I guess yeah. it's kind of like uh, uh, subtitles as as uh, like the the sound ones. Remember, like squelching or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. The onomatopoeic uh, uh, captions. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, if you find a nice alt tag, it's like a little Easter egg. Precisely, precisely. So thrilled that they are working on Severance Season 2. Absolutely thrilled. Yeah, I feel like you get a caboose there. Caboose Meister Bud. Yay, thank you. Big caboose Bud. so glad I was right. You called it, you know, and the rest of us, Kirsten, very naive (laughs) for thinking that... (laughs) You know, some, they would just do that for whatever other dumb reason. Oh, it's the anniversary. I think mm-hmm. that was your big, your big theory it's, there, Karsten. I just thought that maybe it had been one year since they released the trailer, so that they were opening it up to yeah. So it's okay to open something. up captions now because yeah, 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 it yeah, 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 much. yeah, yeah. I was wrong, but was right. He's the smartest one. No, don't it's podcast. <laughs> Cut it out. No, no. There ain't no such thing as coincidences. So congratulations, Bud. Finally, a caboose on your own podcast. Right, I guess I've never gotten one of those before. It's actually interesting. Is this is this really your first one? I think so. I think yeah. It is. Wow. I'm not normally the prediction maker. You know, I, I'm I'm just I just moderate this. Hey, thing. Great call. Good shot. Cheers. Cheers. One piece of not coming soon. Apparently, just before the debut, Bell Media said scheduling change and did not actually re- uh, release. 299 Queen Street West, that documentary from the guy Sean Menard, because as we had heard, there was some controversy between him and, I will just say it now, Universal Music, uh, who wanted uh, money uh, for their clips, which Sean Menard thought fell under fair dealing, uh, the fair use uh, version of uh, in Canada, I suppose. So yeah, that thing has not come to streaming and doesn't look like it will. So I have a question. Yeah, go on. If Universal wants their piece of the cake here and they're like, no, 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 we want our money, please. How did he get away with doing this cross Canada tour, making money, please, and not giving them their money, please? They tried to stop the tour too. They but I did. don't know what happened so, and the tour just went on. Yeah, couldn't they now come after him and be like, give us some of that money? I think there's a I think there's a bunch of good faith. Like the Universal Reds kept talking about in good faith, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but what is very interesting in this article is that a statement from Universal last fall detailed some background on the label side of the negotiations. They said the film used 12 tracks owned by Universal, which the label offered to license for quote, a reasonable rate of five hundred dollars per track. Yes. I believe mm-hmm. that is reasonable if then for the perpetuity of your your documentary mm. all of Canada could see it. Yeah. That's $6,000. That is something we could crowdfund. <laughs> and and also yeah. freaking Bell Media. Okay? Yes. You've got $6,000. Yes. Stuck to the bottom of your shoe. Give it to <laughs> Sean Menard to give to Universal 
music yeah. mm-hmm. to get this thing out there. Yeah. This seems like a very surmountable hurdle to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bell yeah. Media. That's so brutal. So now just out of curiosity, does any record label fall under Bell's umbrella? Is there like a reason why they'd be like, no, 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 universal. But if it was whatever, we'd pay for it. Like, is it a competitor in any way? I don't think so. I'm not aware of Bell Media owning any record uh, labels. Do they own any robot vacuums? (laughs) (laughs) So, so. So 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 we're not gonna get to watch this thing now. Not yet. We were gonna have a nope. date to my house to watch it, and then but not last Friday. Last Friday it was supposed to come Friday. out. Yeah. And did it come out? Did I miss it? Nope. It nope. hasn't. They pulled okay. it before the debut. Oh shit! Shitskies. Yeah. Oh yeah. crummy. Um. Although that would have been the real kicker, right? They run it for Friday and Saturday, and then they pull it, and we miss the party. Yeah. Oh god, I would have been. Yeah. S- but, I would have been pissed to miss it live, to miss that event that happened in Victoria, and then also to miss the few days it was on yeah. TV as well. I would have been so pissed, but. Another interesting Universal Music thing that's going on right now, and this is a big one. This is, let's be honest, bigger than just this fun much music documentary. Uh, Universal was in talks with TikTok. They were working on a deal with how much they were going to get from TikTok videos. And I guess couldn't agree on a number. And now Universal is pulling its music from TikTok. <gasps> Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, I heard that this morning. That's a Money. huge deal. Oh, mother, Money. mother is not going to be happy about that because they blew up on TikTok. That's like, right, what? they did. I learned that from you. Yeah, so many artists, so though. So like, many artists. That's really interesting. because, But, like, Universal's got to understand, too. Like, they've planted a bunch of artists on there, too be popular right and tiktok picks them up and, and it has worked it, is tessa what's her name tessa the one that Lindsay toured with tessa something i think she's universal too like she was yeah. a tiktok wow oh tiktok yeah. now is you know j- just a bigger piece of the pie for if you're a band or you're you know an artist management to get your music out there in the world like um it's it's the biggest thing right now. It just huge is. part of the discovery engine. Absolutely, you know, like it, it happens kind of for kind of rare bands. It doesn't happen for everybody, but if it happens for you, oh boy, it's yeah. colossal and it means big money. So to just pull their music like that's ridiculous. Uh, the the example that uh, the CBC used this morning that I was listening to this on was that Sophie Ellis Baxter song that of course got big from Saltburn at the end of Saltburn. Sure. But then, you know, goes supernova on TikTok. And I got to imagine there's tons of people who would have seen it on TikTok, who would have seen the dance meme or whatever, who never were going to sit down and watch Saltburn. So, and I mean, like, it just goes like that all, for all kinds of things. I'm The other one I thought of this morning was Running Up That Hill. That was big from Kate Bush last year. Frankie Frick. Is that Universal too? My God. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I just... Oh, okay, yeah. An example of, like, things getting massive on TikTok. Both of yeah. those starting from a TV or a movie, but, I mean, obviously, you know, Mother Mother, great example. Yeah, just bands blow up on TikTok, and it's life-changing. So I don't know what Universal mm-hmm. is doing, if this is a big bluff that they're calling, or they're playing hardball here, or... I don't know, but geez, Eloise, figure it out. Yeah, frick. Okay, we have one piece of geek news proper. Yeah. But, (laughs) yeah, oh my God. But what a piece of news it is. Originally from 3C Films on Twitter. 
I kid you not, these are the Dune 2 popcorn buckets. I, <laughs> until I see any more than these two photos that were posted to Twitter, I will not believe that this is anything but a 3D printed hoax. Aww. What we've got. Yeah, Paul, how, how do you feel about Dune popcorn bu- oh, buckets? I like to Dune popcorn buckets. <laughs> yeah, I like Dune popcorn buckets in an empty theater over. by myself. How, how do you feel about Dune 2 popcorn buckets? Oh my god. You know, it might take me a little while, a little refractory period, but I like Dune 2 popcorn buckets. So what we're looking at are photos of a Dune 2 popcorn cup, and there is a topper on it that the base of it looks sort of like sand with some stones, and emerging from it is one of the sandworms, and it's got the very sarlacc long sort of teeth coming out of it, uh, yet it just looks like the world's most painful flashlight. So that's all. Oh, yes. The internet has spoken, and we would like to fuck the popcorn bucket, please. Oh, my God. That is by far the take on this. Like, ew, sticky. (laughs) God. (laughs) Horrible. Because, yeah, I think... You must be right, but it must be a silly prank, right? Because as a popcorn bucket, that it seems so unpleasant to me that you have to stick your mouth in the sandworm. Or sorry, stick your, to stick your hand. hand in to get the popcorn. Sorry, I didn't mean mouth. I didn't. Sorry, you don't stick your hand stuck in the pop. No, it's a terrible. No. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I misspoke. You want to stick your dick in the popcorn? But no, oh. sorry, I'm done again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a Freudian slip here going on. It's just, but everyone wants to stick their dick in the popcorn. But I mean, the <laughs> mouth. I mean, hand, hand, hand. If you're gonna stick your hand over and over again to just get what tickled on the wrist by a stinking sandworm, oh that is God. fucked. Like. Let's pretend this is real for a minute. Ah, terrible. <laughs> terrible as a popcorn bucket. Mm-hmm. But but it has, you know, that's one good thing. It has um, brought a lot of discourse, a lot of popcorn bucket discourse um, to the internet, which is great. It's great to have these conversations. What it has brought is a lot of uh, hype for Dune 2. Not hype, really, but just like a lot of uh, zeitgeist for Dune 2. People are talking about this movie. Yep. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Thankfully, that's all we're going to say about this. Okay. We're on reviews and recommendations. (laughs) Thankfully. Starting with Kirsten's review of Wonka. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, the Chalamet. That's it. um, Watched uh, Wonka. This is like the prequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, It was fine. It was good. Like uh, Chalamet sings in it it's a musical which i appreciated um i guess all of them are wait did did uh what's his not singing his creepy one did creepy man sing oh johnny depp did good I question i don't recall I songs in that i remember that either no willy wonka yeah. willy anyway wonka. it's a musical um yeah um timothy chalamet sings timothy chalamet i don't know about it. i don't know about his acting in this movie mm. i don't know about a lot of the acting in this movie <laughs> to be honest, but um, he was definitely trying to channel Gene Wilder, Mm, um, which I appreciated because why would you ever try to resurrect that Johnny Depp performance? Um, And the songs were okay. They weren't great. If the songs were a bit better, maybe I would have been like, been more gung-ho about this, but 
I, I it was very enjoyable. And you know what? Um, Pierce Brosnan. It was no, not Pierce Brosnan. He no. Pierce, Hugh Grant. Who was well, Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant. Thank yeah. you, British British man. Um, was very good as the <laughs> Oompa Loompa. Um, they had a good story. Um, I really liked him as the Oompa Loompa. I thought it was fun. Wow. Okay. Go watch it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Good enough. Next up, Kirsten, please tell us about the holdovers. Yeah, I went on a little bit of an Oscar watching spree. Um, hey, and invite I watched your the holdovers. Paul. Invite your friend Paul who likes Sorry. to watch Oscar movies. <laughs> what the heck? Okay. Okay, well, um, The Holdovers is the Paul Giamatti one, and he was nominated, I believe, for Best Actor as well. Holy smokes, um, it's interesting. This. looks wild. It's interesting because it's it's like a Christmas movie. Yes. Um, oh, right. I guess so. A movie that takes place at Christmas, but there's lots of like Christmas themes in it. There's no Santa Claus, so I don't know if that's <laughs> to be, you know, that argument. Um, but it was nice. It was just a nice movie. Yeah, I would I would go see it. I think Giamatti is uh, up there for winning. And I read an article that it, it's just like, because the Academy likes nice guys. And it's not like his Aww. performance was, you know, anything completely like, st- it's not like he had any like grit or anything to deal with. It was just they're like the Academy likes awarding nice guys. And yeah, it was a nice movie. Um, I saw it too, actually. I saw it last night, and oh, you did? I did. Yeah, I went to the theaters to watch it. Yeah. Actually, uh, you know what? Wow. Hey, I movie at a friend's house. Yeah, I assumed that you did. Uh, hey, movie theaters. Once the uh, Oscar nomination <laughs> movies comes out, could you please just put them in your movie theaters, like all the way up until and including and after the yes. Oscars? Because that's where I want to watch them. Okay, please, please. And it just when when these movies. <laughs> If they're not going to be on streaming services already and they're not going to be in the theaters and they're just in that horrible limbo place, it's like, what do you want from us? If I was the Oscars, if I was the Academy, I would go to theaters and streamers and be like, get your fucking shit together and make these movies watchable. Because the more people see the movies, the more people are going to be invested and interested in watching our award show. Because otherwise it's just a bunch of like, I've never seen that, never seen that. Uh, Ghost Mm -hmm. Thread, what the, I've never heard of it, you know? So, Phantom Thread, I mean. <laughs> so, so make it easy for us to watch these freaking movies, okay? If we're going to put some effort into it. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, I watched it too, and I, I agree. It was a nice little movie. Um, I kept thinking about how it's too bad that it's up against Oppenheimer because I think Oppenheimer is just going to sweep. I think Killian Murphy is just like there's no – like that performance, yeah. that amount of gravitas, that subject matter, he's just going to kill it. Yeah, it's hard to place a movie like this up against Oppenheimer. Like yes. when you're looking at that best picture category, when you've got this movie, which is kind of just like, I wouldn't call it a slice of life movie, but it kind of is up against fucking Oppenheimer. Like, yes. I don't know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, maybe not a slice of life, but it is just a very small specific look at like, you know, two people's a time lives. And a place and, yeah. 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 It's yeah. a period piece in the early seventies, which is neat and nice, but it's just, so it kind of, has a little bit of that, like you know, uh, snapshot of that period, but it's it's mo- it's like a very specific and small story, and and yeah. you know, I don't know if that's Oscar worthy up against something as big and as like all consuming as Oppenheimer, um, but it was. It was a beautifully made movie, and um, it, was, it had some emotional moments too. It had some weight to it. Yeah, 
I gotta say, I love it when a movie that's based in like 60s, 70s or whatever, they change their their uh, title screen thing back to what they had in the 70s. So was totally. this a Universal? Yes. And then it had like the Universal 70s opening. And yes. I was like, yes, like I, I am so that. into this. And I don't think it ever said like 1970, like I don't think it ever said what year it took place in. It wasn't really super relevant to the story that it took place in the 70s at all. But it was just, it really put you back into that time and place and mind frame of, you know, how it was like then. And I really liked that. Yeah, it was Christmas 1970 because they were celebrating 1971. Oh. The new year was 1971. Right, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like all these, all the little, like obviously the set design was perfect 70s and then there's like a mention of the moon landing and they were still kind of stoked about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was. It was a great movie. Giamatti's good. That kid is in it. I don't know his name, but the, the other young actor who I've never seen anything is quite good. Um, yeah. The writing yeah. I thought was amazing. Like the the writing was great for this movie. There were some really, like, kind of unrealistically good lines, but like they're great because they kind of suit the characters. Um, the tone is very interesting. It's like kind of silly at times and fun, and then again, like it, but it it works perfectly when it gets heavy and powerful. So yeah, I think it was a good movie too. It's well worth the watch, anyways, especially for Blast and for all these Oscar nominated movies. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, Kirsten, please tell us about past lives. Okay, speaking about well worth the watch, not this one. Um, This one is really interesting because it is directed by a Canadian woman who is also Korean, Korean Korean-Canadian. And it's a semi-autobiographical movie. It's like, I would say it's kind of like the big sick, you know, in how that was semi-autobiographical for Kumal and Johnny. Yes. Except not comedy. Um, It's like a drama romance without any romance in it. I don't know. It was, it was fine. Um, it was filmed on 35 millimeter film, which I'm guessing is maybe what got it the nomination that people were like, Ooh, it's filmed on film. Great. <laughs> um, it was, I don't know. It was, it was interesting, but it was just a little bit of a boring watch. And again, when I put it up next to Oppenheimer, I was like, why the fuck is this nominated? Wild. Um, And the nominations are interesting this year, too, because there's two foreign language movies. There's this one, Past Lives, which is a lot in Korean, but also a lot in English. Mm. Um, And then there's Anatomy of a Fall, which is, I believe, a French movie. Um, So it's interesting that the Academy has kind of started looking into these um, foreign language films and putting them in best picture categories. But I don't know how this one was nominated. It oh. kind of reminds me. What was, that, what was that one that got nominated that Johnny's still so mad that won the Oscars? That <laughs> <laughs> he just screams about all the time. It won like two years ago with Francis McDormand in it. Oh, yeah. The, the Amazon one. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, I don't know. Anyway. I, I, if you rather, were... It just seems rather one note to me. Yeah. And if you basically... wanted to skip anything on the 10, I, so far, I would say yeah, skip this fair. one. Really? And basically, all I want to know is, did they, don't they? Did did the, the did, lady and the, the old friend yeah. hook up? Do you want to know? Or do you I mean, I'm not going to watch the movie. Watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my review of it will kind of give you a little spoiler there. It's a drama romance with no romance. Ah, so. great. That's what I, 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 I wondered about that when you said that. Okay, great. Good, good, good. 
good good awesome. yeah it's uh right. it's an interesting story but i just don't know how it's landed itself with these other 10 movies that's maybe true. i'm just not a, a cinema gore i'd love to hear brian's thoughts on it yeah but watching the it. trailer it looked like it didn't have anywhere near as much substance even as the holdovers you know oh, mm. Well, Kirsten, please do invite your friend Paul if you're going to watch any more of these movies, okay? Because I want to watch them too. Sorry. My child's destroying the microphone set up here. All okay, of your yes, child's love the mic sock. It's a, it's a great <laughs> yeah. toy. It's a great toy. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. No mic sock. No mic sock anymore. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Kirsten James, it. <laughs> where can we find you and your beautiful baby on the internet? Kirsten.butt. <laughs> Paul. Paul.butt. Slash Lord. Twitch.tv slash WebmeisterBud. This has been the Zones Geek Up Podcast, episode 275. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.